A man is fatally wounded in a yard in the town of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. It's unclear how he ended up there on the evening of July 13, 2018. This man was a friendly face, well known around the community. Who could have possibly done this and why? This is Cold Canada Episode 8, Saskatchewan Stabbing. This case is a murder that only happened just over two years ago. It's technically not quote-unquote a cold case yet, but it is still unsolved and police have no leads over the past two years. Even though this is a more recent case, there still wasn't enough evidence for any suspect to even be questioned. Jordan Ballantyne was a 42-year-old man from South End, Saskatchewan. He was raised by his grandparents along with his brother and a few of his cousins. He was fiercely loved by his family. Although he was living on the street, he had lots of friends and it was reported it was his choice to be homeless. He wanted to be a part of that community. It was said in the media that he struggled with addiction, but it was unclear from the research I did if that was actually true. His family describes him as a lovable, gentle man who was a talented poet. They said he would do anything for anyone and wasn't known to fight with anyone at all. Jordan was found on the evening of July 13, 2018 at approximately 9.07 p.m. He was found bleeding out from his abdomen in a yard at the corner of 20th Street and 6th Avenue East. It looked as though he was stabbed in the stomach three times. It wasn't released who found him or who called police. When police showed up, murder was immediately suspected. The scene was processed and Jordan's body was sent to the medical examiner for an autopsy. Jordan was last seen leaving a grocery store in the Cornerstone area, only about a 10 minute walk from where his body was found. It wasn't released exactly what time he was seen leaving the store. The police released a video to show what he was last seen wearing. From the video that police released of him, he was wearing a brown baseball cap with yellow writing, a black polo, and dark jeans. In the video, it was still light out, but that doesn't help much for a timeline as around that time of year, the sun isn't set till around 9.20 p.m. The autopsy was completed three days later on July 16, 2018, and the medical examiner determined his cause of death was from a fatal stab wound to the abdomen. It was also concluded this was a result of a homicide. Police were trying to put together a timeline of Jordan's movements that day. They reached out to the public for help as interviews with people in the surrounding area of the murder scene were inconclusive. No one had seen anything. Prince Albert is the third largest city in Saskatchewan behind Saskatoon and the province's capital, Regina. Its population was roughly 36,000 in 2018 according to Stats Canada. The city was known as the Gateway to the North, as it's the gateway to the North in terms of recreation, mining, and forestry. But in 2011, the city changed its motto to the Beautiful Gateway City after the city's beautification subcommittee voted for the change. The area where Jordan's body was found was a busy but calm suburb of Prince Albert, mostly housed by blue-collar, middle-class people. It wasn't known as a dangerous area or a slum. Homicide rates, according to Stats Canada, were fairly low in Prince Albert, reporting only two homicides per year between 2014 and 2018. 
Less than one year before Jordan's homicide, his brother, 33-year-old Dominic Morin, was found murdered in South End, Saskatchewan on September 1, 2017. South End is a small community of just under 1,000 people living in eastern Saskatchewan, about a five-hour drive from Prince Albert. That case also remains unsolved. Dominic was married with six children. His family is understandably frustrated that now both brothers have been killed. Any answers in either of the cases? It's unlikely these cases are connected, but it does seem suspicious that the brothers are both killed just 10 months apart. One year after Jordan's death, police reach out to the public again for help. They ask every person that called in previously with tips to call in again as the investigation continues. They stated they wanted to follow up on previous tips and go over the details again as they could lead to new information regarding the murder. Since then, there hasn't been any progress in the case. RCMP state the investigation is still open and ongoing, but no evidence or tips have led them to any suspects. I reached out to Jordan's cousin, Anne Maristry, for more information on Jordan, his situation, and about the last time she's seen Jordan. She declined to be on the podcast for an interview, but kindly answered some questions I had about Jordan and provided a statement. She states Jordan spent most of his time with his friends on the street. He was in fact homeless, but didn't have to be because he did have a lot of family. He chose this life because of his alcohol addiction and didn't want to burden them. She didn't think he was into drugs, but did admit he was an alcoholic. He tried for many years to get help by going to detox and rehabs, but it was a big struggle for him to get sober. Anne says this was mostly to do with the people he hung around with. He would do well for a little while, taking a break from those people by staying with Anne or her mother for a couple of days, blocking himself off from that life by not even going outside for a walk. He would talk about getting his life together and getting a place of his own, but eventually would go back to the streets and relapse. She states he was a grateful and religious man. No matter what, he always prayed and wore his rosary beads. He was humble and generous, sharing what he had, even if that was very little. As you can see from how Anne describes him, even though he had an addiction, he was a sweet and loving man. He wasn't only street smart, but book smart too. He had a gift with words, and from what I can tell from the description Anne gave, he was loved deeply by his family. Anne states she last seen and spoke with Jordan the evening before his death. She said she spoke with him on Thursday, July 12th, sometime between 5 and 6 p.m. She was driving in the area and saw him cross the road by a local grocery store. She turned her car around and went looking for him. She spotted him by the carts outside the store and went to speak with him. They had a casual chat. He said he was waiting for someone, asked her for a few bucks, but she said she was broke. Payday was tomorrow, so she wasn't able to give him anything right now. She offered him a ride, but he declined, saying he'd just stay there and wait for his friends, but asked her to drop him off behind the grocery store. She complied and dropped him off as requested and watched him walk under the bridge and sit down on the grass. Anne said she was heartbroken seeing him just sitting there. She felt so bad for him and cried on the way home. She didn't know that was the last time she would ever see him alive. Anne considers Jordan her brother. Even though they were cousins, he was a brother to her, and she would always identify him as such. 
Anne then goes on to describe how she found out about the death of Jordan. She states, the next day, she went to work as usual and had taken some kids for a drive in the evening. They passed by 6th Avenue and 20th Street, where cops had blocked off the street, and there were a few cop cars parked in the cornered-off area. At that time, she had no idea it was Jordan who they found. She didn't hear the news until later that evening, when her mother called her to tell her the information. This was an absolute shock to Anne. She had no idea why someone would hurt such a gentle person. This tragedy affected the family immensely. There was a lot of anger, hurt, and disagreement among family members in regard to where Jordan should be buried. Anne said it tore her family apart, and they still struggle today, but are working on forgiveness. As far as the investigation is concerned, police say it is still ongoing, but Anne says whenever the family asks for an update, there is never any news regarding the case. She said there are lots of rumors around town. She thinks people know what happened and who did it, but will not come forward to police. I asked her if there would be any reason why he'd be attacked, and if she thought it was a random act. Anne says she doesn't really know. His leather jacket was stolen, and there was a rumor there was a quarrel over an ex-girlfriend, but nothing is known for sure. Anne and a few of her cousins lead the Justice for Jordan walk each year to bring more awareness to the case. This started last year in July, and the second annual walk was held this year as well despite the pandemic. The family states they were fairly numb last year, having lost two family members in under a year. But this year, it feels like they are grieving more rather than being angry. The family hopes the walk each year will inspire someone to come forward with information. Anne says as long as the case is unsolved and the murderer still walks the street, the family will continue the Justice for Jordan walk each year on the anniversary of his death. I want to thank Anne for giving me the information for this story. My deepest condolences to her and her family. It's difficult to speculate on what possibly could have happened to Jordan. I did ask Anne if she thought this was a random act of violence, if he was mistaken for someone else, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time, or if he was targeted. Since his jacket was stolen, my guess would be the person who killed him was someone known to him, someone else who was on the street and struggling with drug addiction. It possibly could have been a robbery by a drug addict who needed the money. There is really only one side of the story. No one really knows what Jordan was up to when he was on the street, and who he may have pissed off. Or this could have been a random attack. He wasn't targeted, just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Since this is still so raw for the family, I will respect them by not shining a negative light on Jordan, because it is unknown what really happened to him, or why. From what I can tell, someone out there does know something that could help solve this case. I can only hope they will break their silence soon. If you have any information related to this case, please contact RCMP or Crime Stoppers. As always, the contact information will be in the episode notes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please go rate and review on iTunes. If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, go follow me at Colt Canada Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Episodes are now being streamed on YouTube. Just search Cold Canada Podcast or follow the link in the episode notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash goldcanadapodcast. 
That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Cold Canada Podcast. My name is Heather Curran, and this has been Cold Canada. Mm-hmm.